Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about prescription medications that block thyroid function. So if you are a thyroid patient, whether you're taking thyroid medication or not, if you are using any prescription medications, you need to understand how those medicines interact or may interfere with thyroid function because that will have a lot to do with whether or not you're feeling good when you take your medication. So if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Childs. I'm an internist. I specialize in treating patients with thyroid problems, helping people with hormone imbalances, and of course, helping people lose weight. Today, we're gonna to be talking about the thyroid. And specifically, we're gonna be talking about medications that block thyroid function. Now, believe it or not, this is actually uh, a little bit of a complex topic, but I'm gonna break it down, make it really easy to understand for you. Um, when we talk about thyroid function and medications, it's really important because Patients who tend to be taking thyroid hormone, meaning like level thyroxine or synthroid, or who have thyroid problems like Hashimoto's or whatever, tend to have other medical conditions, right? And those other medical conditions may require or at least be recommended that you use certain prescription medications. But you need to know if those prescription medications, some of which are very common, by the way, we'll get to those in the first section here. Some of those medications are very common and may negatively impact how well that thyroid medication is working or how well your thyroid is functioning. This will have a big impact on how you feel, um, including things like, are you able to lose weight? Um, how much energy do you have? Uh, are you constipated? Are you cold all the time? Uh, things like that, okay? So it has a big impact on a lot of quality of life issues. So when we look at prescription medications, prescription medications that you may be taking, they can block your thyroid in a number of ways. In fact, I've listed four here. Now these are probably the most common uh, four ways. There may be other ways that we don't quite yet understand, uh, but I wanted to at least lay these out for you. So one of the first ways is that they can block T4 to T3 conversion. Number two is that they can block TSH production. TSH, remember, coming from your brain. They can block thyroid the thyroid hormone gland, so the gland itself can be blocked or damaged with the use of certain medications. And then lastly, if you are taking thyroid medication, those, medica those prescription medications that you're taking can block your thyroid prescription medication, okay? So you're actually interfering with one another. All right, so we'll talk about all of these sections. And again, some of these medicines you'll see are very common and you probably had no idea uh, that they may be negatively impacting your thyroid. So let's talk first about T4 to T3 conversion. Now, T4 to T3 conversion is a process occurring in your body and everyone's body, okay? Whether you have thyroid conditions or not, um, and what, it's, what your body does with this uh, conversion process is it takes the inactive thyroid hormone and activate, activates it, turning it into T3. This process is very, 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 very important, okay? If it does not happen, your body will not produce enough T3, which is the strongest thyroid hormone in your entire body, okay? This, this is, T3 does all the work. So if you can't take the inactive form of T4 and turn it into the active form of T3, which are both thyroid hormones, you're gonna have a problem. Now, certain medications block this. Now, some of them do it intentionally, okay? So methimazole and PTU, those are medications designed specifically for people who have hyperthyroidism. Of course, you would want somebody who has hyperthyroidism, meaning their thyroid is too high, to block this and make their thyroid lower, okay? I, everyone's on board with that, right? That's, that's how you treat hyperthyroidism. But there are other medications, which you may not be familiar with, that are also doing this process, which may be negatively impacting your thyroid. Um, some of these include beta blockers. Okay, so beta blockers are sometimes used to treat blood pressure. They're also sometimes used to treat uh, social anxiety. They're also sometimes used to treat uh, tremors and things like that. Um, so they're actually fairly common medications. Uh, one of the most common would be propranolol, um, but there's tons of other carvedilol. There's tons of other beta blockers, okay? So um, if you don't know if your medicine, if you're, if you're taking like a blood pressure medicine and you're not sure, you can look it up on the internet or ask your doctor and they'll tell you if it's a beta blocker. If you're using a beta blocker 
for your, let's say your blood pressure, and you also have thyroid problems, you may want to switch, okay? Switch to a different anti-hypertensive or, or blood pressure lowering medicine. There are plenty of other options available. You don't have to use one that also damages your thyroid. In certain situations you might, um, but you, you, there's lots of situations where you may not have to. The next one would be narcotics. Okay, so any sort of pain medication, I'm talking the heavier duty pain medications. I'm not talking about ibuprofen, Tylenol, things like that. Um, I'm talking about, you know, Percocet, Vicodin, things like that. And, and on up, by the way, those kind of being in the middle and then anything more extreme than that. These narcotics do block this T4 to T3 conversion process, okay? So they are suppressing uh, certain areas of the body, which includes thyroid function. So if you're somebody who's on pain medication every single day, uh, for who knows, you know, for any reason, right? There's a lot of, re lot of people who are taking it for various types of uh, conditions and medical conditions and so on. Um, but if you're taking narcotics, at least at the very, and you're experiencing thyroid problems, I would at the le very least try to reduce your dose somehow by taking something else. Maybe try CBD or, or something like that, which can modulate your pain a little bit better and help you to reduce your dose of narcotics, which should help improve your thyroid. And then lastly, people are on these all the time, and that uh, would be antidepressants. So any medication used to treat antidepressant, or sorry, used to treat depression can block this T4 to T3 conversion process. Now, if you are a thyroid patient, you've probably been told that um, instead of having a thyroid problem, you might have a depression problem. And so instead of being put on thyroid medication, you are put on an antidepressant, which happens unfortunately all the time. And this is a big problem because your thyroid condition was probably mismanaged to begin with and is now made worse by this. So this antidepressant is not solving your issue in many cases. So if you're a thyroid patient and you're taking an antidepressant, you're kind of taking you know one step forward to take two steps backwards. It's not really working for you. So the best solution is to treat your thyroid because that actually can help your depression. So that's one section here. So number one, again, this is the first section that blocks, these are medications, prescription meds, by the way, that block T4 to T3 conversion. Next, we're gonna go on to number two, which are medications that block the, T, the production of TSH um, or TSH hormone from your brain. So remember, in order to produce thyroid hormone, your brain has to tell your thyroid gland to produce it. And it does that by stimulating the thyroid gland with something called TSH. Now, again, if you're a thyroid patient, you know TSH very well because this is the test that doctors order all the time, right? This is how they even though it's not a great test, a great way to do that, they order this test all the time. But what you may not realize is that certain medications can actually blunt that response or impact how well your brain is able to produce TSH. Okay, so some of these are not quite as common. I would say this is probably the most common, but we'll go through these uh, so you have an idea. So number one would be steroids. And steroids are used to treat um, autoimmune conditions. They're used to treat some, you know, chronic pain conditions. I mean, you could even take steroids for things like um, a sinus infection. So these are gluco uh, or glucocorticoids is their, one of their names, but you probably more, more commonly know them as steroids. In fact, steroids are often put on the skin on, on rashes and things like that. So those steroids do get absorbed a little bit, gets absorbed into your system and may impact your thyroid. So if you can stay away from steroids, doctors know steroids have a lot of negative side effects. So Generally, they're not likely to prescribe them for long periods of time, but some people, especially with things like rheumatoid arthritis or other autoimmune diseases, they may be taking steroids every day and they have for a long time. The second one I won't talk much about because that one's not very common. It, that would include the class of medications called dopamine agonists. Not very common, uh, usually to treat Parkinson's disease and things like that. So it's unlikely that you're taking that one. But metformin is one that also blocks or interferes with t the TSH production and that this one is used all the time. In fact, I use this medication a lot um, to treat people who have insulin uh, resistance. For people, I use it as an augmentative therapy for weight loss. It has a lot of good uh, benefits. I know there's a lot of people who are using it for anti-aging and some other benefits like that. So metformin is widely used. Um, just remember that metformin, you should be careful because of its impact on your thyroid. So if you're using it for a reason, like let's say to treat insulin resistance, 
it may have a negative impact on your thyroid, which is make which may negate some of the benefits you're getting from the, from the insulin sensitivity side of things. So just be be aware of that. If you can use the lowest possible dose, the good thing about metformin is there's diminishing returns as your dose gets high. So if you you know the first you know up to I think it's about a thousand milligrams. If you go from a thousand to two thousand, you really don't get a huge amount of benefit. Maybe a, a five to ten boost, five five five, five to ten percent boost from going from doubling your dose. But that first thousand. Um, provides most of the benefits. So if you can keep your dose a little bit lower, you'll tend to do better um, using that. So that one's number two. Number three would be prescription medications that block production of thyroid hormone from the gland itself. Okay, so remember, the thyroid gland still must produce it. It has to get the signal from the brain, which travels down to the gland. The gland then says, okay, yeah, time to spit out T3 and T4. More, more T4 than T3. But some medications block that, either by damaging the thyroid gland itself or just by interfering with that process in some way. So one of the examples here would be potassium iodide. Now I'm not talking about iodine, I'm talking about potassium iodide. This is used most commonly in dermatology. So, and not a lot is getting absorbed when they use it. So the, the chances of you running into this are very small unless for some reason you're in the dermatology office all the time and they're cleaning your skin to do little procedures or take biopsies or things like that. So that one's probably um, not as relevant to you. The next one might be, and that is lithium. So lithium is considered to be a mood stabilizer um, and it's often used to treat conditions uh, like bipolar disorder and some other um, psychiatric conditions. So lithium can uh, be used, I, I, it's not as common as let's say antidepressants, narcotics, or beta blockers, but there may be some of you listening who are taking lithium. And you should be aware that uh, lithium can block um, thyroid gland production. And that could be a problem, especially if you're treating something like bipolar disorder. And because patients who have bipolar disorder do a lot better when they have higher levels of T3 not lower levels. So you should be aware of that. Sometimes that can do the exact opposite or have the exact opposite effect that you want. The last one would be amiodarone. Now, again, unlikely that you're using this medication, but I've included it here to be complete. Um, it's a heart medication used for certain, certain types of heart uh, disorders. So I'm not going to talk much about that because um, it's not as common, but it does do that. It does block thyroid hormone gland production. So let's go down here. And these are, these are very common as well. And I'll hold this up so you can read all these. But number four here, we have medications that block thyroid medication absorption. Okay, so let me just clarify. We're talking about prescription medications that your doctor has given you, okay, but and you're taking those medicines, but those medications are blocking the other prescription medication that you're taking to treat your thyroid. So that would be thyroid hormone, things like level thyroxine, Synthroid, Tyrosint, NDT, T3, Cytomel, Lyothyronine, et cetera. You get, the, you get the picture. So all of these medications can be negatively impacted by these medications, okay? So this is the case in which you might be taking a medicine to solve a problem. Like I'll give you an example just real quick. So imagine you have chronic pain and you're taking narcotics. Chronic pain, the narcotics are causing um, uh, depression of the thyroid. So now you're on thyroid medication. So you're taking narcotics for the pain, the pain and, uh, and the, and the uh, narcotics themselves are blocking your thyroid. So now you're on thyroid medication, but now you're experiencing constipation or acid reflux. So your doctor gives you one of these medications. So these are how these, these things can all become entwined together and cause problems um, if you're not careful. So you really need to be vigilant about which medications you're taking. So let's talk about these. I'll hold these up so you can see them. So the first one would be cholesteramine. Now cholesteramine is a binder meaning that it's usually given to people who have certain types of diarrhea. Uh, it's also used in the integrative and functional medicine world as a, as a detoxification unit or uh, medication. So you can actually take this and it can bind to certain things you don't want in your body and will eliminate them. Now, the problem is it can also bind to thyroid hormone, things like Levo, Synthroid, NDT, T3, and carry those out with you in your stool and then not leave any for you to, be, for you to absorb as well. So that's a problem potentially with this. The next one is very common and that includes 
acid blockers. So I'm talking about any type of antacid here. So there's tons of different types. There's proton pump inhibitors. Um, there's uh, the histamine blockers as well. Um, and then also all sorts of other over-the-counter things that you can get. Some prescriptions, some over-the-counter. Acid blockers, what they do is they block, they basically prevent your body from producing acid. And, do and doctors give that to you because they're like, oh, well, if you have acid reflux, we need to, re we need to reduce your acid. And that will fix your problem, right? Well, it, it can sort of fix the problem. It's not the best way to do it. But what it does is it reduces absorption of other medications, including your thyroid hormone. So acid blockers are never really intended to be used for longer than two week intervals. So if you're using one, I've seen people on it for like 10 plus years. That is causing a serious problem in, in absorption of all sorts of medications, nutrients, minerals, and increasing your risk of, of conditions like Clostridium difficile colitis. So you really do not want to be using acid blockers every day for a long period of time. They block a lot of problems, but they, or they cause a lot of problems, one of which is they block thyroid hormone absorption. Next one would be any sort of fiber. So let me make sure you can see that. Yeah, so we have fiber here. Uh, fiber can be over the counter, but there are some, you know, doctors may pr prescribe it for constipation and things like that. You just really gotta be careful with fiber. One of the things that you can do is just take your thyroid medication far away from the fiber that you're using, and that should be sufficient to solve that problem. The next one is sucralflate. So this one is used for people who have ulcers or who have um, lots of inflammation or gastritis, inflammation in the stomach lining. So it's not a super common one, but uh, some, you know, you may be on it. Just realize that sucralfate can impact the absorption of thyroid medications. Um, I put estrogen down here. So estrogen um, for things like uh, treating menopause and, and so on, if you're using it orally, it can increase... Um, thyroid uh, globulin binding hormone. And what that will do is it'll bind up the medication and make it less active. So it doesn't actually interfere with the absorption per se, but it does interfere with thyroid medication or the actual thyroid hormone itself. And then the last one is caffeine. So I've included caffeine here because again, this is available over the counter. You might be consuming in coffee and so on and so forth, but it is found in certain medications as well. So I included it on this list and it can block the absorption of thyroid medication as well. Caffeine is a stimulant to the, to the intestinal tract and to the body, by the way. So what it does is it causes the intestinal tract to move quicker. And if, and if the intestinal tract is moving quicker and things are moving um, through that tract quicker, they have less time to be absorbed. So less of that thyroid hormone is getting into your intestinal tract, which by the way, just as an aside, is one of the reasons I do not recommend that you take caffeine in the morning and then you know an hour later take your thyroid medication because what's gonna happen? You're gonna stimulate that intestinal tract and all that medication that you're trying to get in is gonna go right out, okay? So a lot of people have bowel movements right after they have their coffee because it's a stimulant in that way. So this is just an overview of how medications can negatively impact uh, your thyroid, thyroid function at all levels, by the way. So we're talking about conversion, we're talking about TSH in the brain, we're talking about thyroid gland in the neck, and we're talking about thyroid medication absorption of things like levothyroxine, Synthroid, NDT, T3, and so on. So if you are taking any of these medications and didn't know about this, leave your comment below. I want to hear about it. Uh, so let me know, especially if some of these were, um, you know, this is like the first time you've heard about it because lots of doctors, I mean, I didn't even learn this stuff in medical school. I had to learn this after uh, doing a lot of research and figuring out how all these things impact. Some of them they do know like lithium am and am amiodarone, but the other ones uh, were not really taught to me. So if you um, are aware of these or experiencing this problem, or if you suspect you have this problem, leave a comment below. Um, and by the way, if you haven't already, I have a ton of three free resources that you can download uh, in PDF files. They're available in the link below, so make sure you download those free resources. Um, and they'll, they're all designed to help you manage your thyroid and to feel better, really. That's, that's really what I, uh, my goal is here. So um, if you have any questions, leave them below. And otherwise, I will see you guys in the next one.